The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hi, everybody. This is pro wrestling legend Jim Cornette, and you're listening to The Rough House. The opinions expressed in The Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hello, hi everybody. Hi, welcome. Good day. Good morrow. Good uh good good hi. Happy holidays <laughs> from the Rough House uh, Podcast. It's Merry Christmas. I don't care who you are. <laughs> You're trying to take away Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what was the uh in- incredibly uh left wing tweet I saw today? Uh barista says to the guy uh oh mary oh never mind i can't say that customer goes oh don't worry trump says we could say it now barista goes ah mary impeachments (laughs) (laughs) solid yeah but you know he's still the president hey hey no one's taking that away from him he is still currently the president but he's only the third one to be impeached so you know hey he's he's setting records he's He's doing new and different things. And hi, welcome to the Rough House Podcast. Would have been the fourth had the other fucker not resigned. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hey. Hi, welcome. Hi. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Marty. That's Chris. <laughs> it's and, not, this is not that show. Yes. You've uh, Welcome to the Liberal House. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where, where we find the obscure fingernail-sized uh, uh, midsection of the Venn diagram of liberals and wrestling fans. <laughs> yeah. And Simpsons fans and Star Wars and yes. Marvel. It's yes. it's we're doing this show for us, Marty. You realize yeah, I, this I, at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, for us and like four people on Twitter. That's yeah. That's yeah. The uh, the Patreon continues to 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 lose people, um, and we're still uh, you know we're we're doing it for us. It's a fun it's a fun hobby that we enjoy, and if a handful of people out there enjoy it also, then uh, that's all the reason I need. And uh, hey, uh, shout out to Nick who recognized me at the movie theater earlier because of my Lucha Underground hoodie. Nice. So nice. Sh- shout out. To be fair, uh, you know, uh, again talking about Venn diagrams, uh, lives in Baltimore. <laughs> Looks like Chris and is wearing a Lucha Underground hoodie. <laughs> odds are pretty good on that one. Pretty, some solid pretty odds. Good. Yeah, you should call Vegas on those. 
Yes, yes. Uh, anyway, hi, everybody. Uh, it turns out we did get to do uh, uh, an episode this weekend. I, I know that last week we were like, oh, we don't know if we're going to be able to. Uh, but we were able to sneak one in. It, I don't know if there's as much to get into this week as in past weeks because, uh, let's be honest, we the Wednesday Night Wars were probably the biggest thing of the week. Uh, yes. Monday's Raw was live to tape i think it was basically they started taping early because they also taped next week's raw on oh, on monday okay. um so okay. like it was like a, a minor tape delay i want to say it was like a half hour hour behind or something weird but i see uh nevertheless the tlc pay-per-view is in the books arguably one of the worst pay-per-views of all time uh of all time yes that bad yeah uh, which is a, a shame because it started really strong um, there was a really fun uh, Umberto Carrillo Andrade match on the pre-show. Uh, the main show itself started with a, a really fun ladder match with the revival and the New Day, uh, and uh, a really fun one-on-one match between Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black. Uh, when we okay. talked about you know what that match needed to be, it delivered it. You know, it was all okay. action. Both guys got over with the live crowd, even though they both came in kind of cold. But then the rest of the show happened, including. <laughs> Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns having some way, somehow, the most boring TLC match I've ever seen in my entire life. That bad, huh? Yeah, I don't know how you could make a TLC match dull. Like, the the closest thing I could think of was, uh, and this is going way back because I'm going to reference a company that I don't think exists anymore. When I was, oh, God, I must have been like 14 or 15, I went to an MEWF show. Did you ever go oh, to I MEWF? I remember MEWF, yeah. yeah. I went to an MEWF show that was headlined by the worst cage match I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and it was at that point that I realized, you know, it's not the gimmicks that make the match. It's the people within it. How about that? Yeah. You have the uh, charisma devoid Baron Corbin uh, and the big dog in a, uh, what were we calling it last week? A uh, Alpo on a pole match or something yes, like yes. that. Uh, <laughs> there was nothing on, there was nothing above the ring because uh, it was all about uh, pinfalls in this one. Kind of like the, uh, the six man, the shield had in their debut against uh, team okay. hell no and Ryback. Um, the Ryback. Yes. The Ryback. Uh, but yeah, it just was boring. Like I can't even sit here and say it was the drizzling shits. It just, it wasn't good. It wasn't like there was nothing, there was no there there. Like, so, but then, okay. So the match happened, it sucked. And then you had the post-match beatdown where, uh, Dolph Ziggler and the revival and was somebody else. Was, was it, was it Robert Ruders? No, he's, uh, he's yeah, suspended. Yeah. He's, he's suspended. Uh, he pissed hot. Um, yeah. But basically, they had a brawl, and that brawl continued, uh, and, it, and it just went to the back. Um, we had uh, a match with the Viking Raiders, and uh, their open challenge was uh-huh. answered by uh, the Good Brothers. They okay. went to a double countout mm-hmm. in 2019, mm-hmm. uh, which, by well, the way, led, led to a title match on Raw, which... Naturally, why wouldn't it? Exactly. Um Oh, sorry, it led to a non-title match on Raw. My apologies. Oh. It led to a non-title match on Raw, which the Good Brothers then won, which of course means they're going to have a title match. Okay. Uh, anyway, so that was meh, who gives a shit. Uh, we had a tables match with Rusev and Bobby Lashley, which Bobby Lashley won, which means, you guessed it, this feud must continue. Uh, mm. And mm. then our main event of the evening on paper should have rewarded everyone for their patience right delivered something that was great 
uh, as it was the Kabuki Warriors defending the women's tag titles against Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Look, I know I've pointed out a lot of flaws with Charlotte on the road to this match. I know I pointed out a lot of confusion in the booking because let us not forget, this feud started as Natalia and Becky <laughs> against the Kabuki Warriors. Then life happened. Uh, mm-hmm. And here we are. And here we are. Could have been really good. Uh, but unfortunately, Kyrie Sane got knocked stupid, let's say 10 minutes into a 25-minute match. Yeah. And... Uh, proceeded to try to continue working a match without being there mentally. And, right. uh, you know, there there's some looks on Charlotte that aren't that great. Uh, I don't know if she was aware she was dealing with a concussed out cold Asian lady. I don't know what was happening there. Um, <laughs> but it, it was one of those things where more than, oh, I, I completely forgot another shithouse match. We'll cut to it, though. We'll get there. Um, okay. It ended up being one of those matches where you just kind of sit there and go, like, this is a nothing show. Like, they 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 didn't have Seth Rollins on it. They didn't have any titles defended on it or main level titles defended on it. Like, yeah, no Lesnar, no Owens, no Nakamura. Yeah, uh, nothing. No, Like, the, the most prestigious belts that were being defended on this show were the women's tag titles. And... What you get is these women seriously cutting down the number of years they have left in the ring. One, to a point where I was very concerned by the end of the match for the health of one Kyrie Sane. Who's still not cleared, by the way. Who's still not cleared. We don't know if she has a concussion, doesn't have... We just know she's not allowed to wrestle right now. Yeah. And it was for nothing. It was for nothing. Because no sooner did the Kabuki Warriors win, that aforementioned brawl pops up and the end of the show is Roman Reigns diving on everybody. Right. Yeah, so we were were supposed to believe that this brawl lasted 30-plus minutes backstage. Yeah. uh, Just conveniently off-camera. You know, they don't cut to it at any point. They don't mention it happening. They don't postpone the main event. They Mm -hmm. just, you know, uh, we're supposed to believe that it just worked backstage and then continued for 30 minutes. And then after the main event, just just really, really superb timing that the brawl just happened to make its way back out to the front of the arena after uh, Asuka pulls down. On the titles yeah and, hmm. and, and and the thing that's frustrating is and i like tlc matches i like hell in the cell matches i like so many of the wwe specific you know over the top gimmick matches mm-hmm. but now and i've talked about this before it's just oh well it's october so it's hell in the cell time yeah oh it's december it's tlc time you're having these people doing these dangerous, over-the-top gimmick matches, doing these crazy bumps, not because it pays off some sort of storyline, but because it's the season to do it. Yeah, and, which is not the way to do things. You yeah. want to have, uh, you know, you don't want you want to have a story that leads to it. You don't want to have it and then try and uh, backtrack a story to make it fit into said gimmick. It's just. It's it's lazy and it just it, it ruins the uh, special nature of said gimmick match. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the Hell in a Cell being a case in point, you know, it used to be you know, they would work their way through other gimmick matches. And then the final last, mm-hmm. you know, the final boss of gimmick matches would be the Hell in a Cell. No escape. And then it became an every year thing. And then it became a thing where every fucking Hell in a Cell match, they get out of the cell, which is the yes. exact opposite of, of Hell in a Cell. Yeah, right. So, you know, and, and it's the same thing with TLC. And like you said, the, 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 you know, aside from creatively and the interest in the match, 
like you said, the most important thing is the health of the performers. And especially in a situation where, you know, a 95 pound Asian woman gets concussed 10 minutes into a match. Yes. Maybe call an audible, maybe, you know, go to the finish early or you don't have a a full another hour to fill for pay-per-view time. Just, just cut to the finish, you know, and there's been a lot of, uh, I hate the word discourse because it's being overused these days. There's been a lot of talk online about, um, you know, what could and should have happened. You know, are the refs at fault for not letting Charlotte know that something may have happened to Kyrie? Is is Charlotte at at fault for not communicating with Kyrie herself? Is, you know, Becky's getting some love for for shoving Kyrie under the ring after she finds out that her bell has been rung. Um, You know, does the onus fall on Paul Heyman and Bruce Pritchard? Who were the two uh, gentlemen back in Gorilla running the show? Because Trips and Vince weren't there, which Where, again is kind of a, a damning statement in of itself. It's a pay per view, yeah, and right. the guys who run the company aren't there. I mean, that right. tells you a lot more about the importance of that show. Like, at, I mean, that sounds like a house show to me at that point. Right. And if this was, you know, uh, a TLC tag women's match at WrestleMania, maybe I could. You consider an option where letting the match continue with somebody who clearly got uh, not loopy yeah. uh, is okay. But like you said, it's the throwaway pay-per-view. The boss isn't even there. Um, and, you know, keep in mind the health of your performers. Uh, that should be paramount here. And it clearly wasn't. So I, I, I think probably the truth is a little bit of blame falls to – everybody involved yeah like there there's there's uh, there are problems all the way down in in terms of how this went and and it's unfortunate especially because this doesn't lead to anything i mean as of monday they're still all tied together with each other and it looks like it's building to oscar becky in a rematch from last year's royal rumble and this year's royal rumble um which i would love to see i i loved the the match they had last year but on, on the whole it's just sort of this was all for nothing. And you have someone whose career, I hope, isn't in jeopardy, but could be right. in jeopardy because it was December and therefore it's time to fall off Hawaii things and go through tables. Like, it's just, yeah, it, it, it's just unfortunate. But but talking about things that that the execution was just shit on. Let's talk about Bray Wyatt versus The Miz. Oh, yeah. I forgot that happened. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably best that you did because that also was a drizzling shit. And I'll tell you why. So midway through the show, The Miz cuts a promo. And it's a okay. great promo. The, say what you will about The Miz. I know that, that people run hot and cold on him. I know we're both actually pretty big fans of him and what he's been able to do. Uh, that guy can cut a promo. And he cuts this promo yeah. about how um, – Bray Wyatt ruined the sanctity of his home. You know, he threatened his wife. He threatened his children. He he needs to get revenge on this monster because of the way that he has terrorized his life. Right. I'm like, hell yeah. This is going to be like uh, this big moment for grudge the Miz. match. This yeah. grudge match. Cut to the match. Miz comes out first and he's doing the same fucking intro. He does again. He comes out. He's smiling. He's twirling around. He's doing finger guns and, as Justin would say, finger guns and zazzles. He's doing all of the same shit. Like, as if you were playing this in WWE WWE 2K20, where, like, that's just your pre-programmed intro. You have no choice. Like, I wanted him to come down face-focused, grumpy, angry, not wearing his, like, goggles and shit. Just, like, he's ready for a fight. Bray Wyatt comes out. 
Bray Wyatt comes out, looks a little bit like Mr. Rogers. Bell rings. What do you think? Did you think Miz jumped him? No, they just start working a regular fucking match. <laughs> okay. That's a, certainly a decision that was made. Did, did no one at any point, did anyone at any point go, hey, hey, I thought this was a grudge match. Right. Like, did, did Bray Wyatt not say this? Did, like, okay, writers, whatever, agents, whatever. Cool. Why aren't the two guys in the hot seat for this match going, this seems dumb? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we've given Bray Wyatt a lot of credit for taking control of his character, creating this character, overseeing and gatekeeping this character. Um, But that was mostly The Fiend. I guess he just figured, oh, it's Bray Wyatt, not The Fiend. So who gives a shit? Maybe. I I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of what what, did he work differently than The Fiend did, at least? Uh, I mean, he didn't do like the next snap. Like, you know, it it was basically bray wyatt you know it, it, okay. it, it wasn't it, it was missing the extra uh viciousness and accoutrement you would expect from the fiend although he did pull out the random um mallet from under the ring uh okay. which I... led to the finish where like it, the match got thrown out lights went out and here's daniel bryan who looks because he cut all his beard and hair off right he looks like fucking ring of honor 2005 daniel bryan stepped out of a time machine which is amazing yeah. Uh, and, and for me, I, I popped for that just because that's, that's my boy. That's, that's my American dragon right there. Right. Um, Yeah. Now, granted, I know that won't be actually how anything's handled, but for the half moment, I'm like, oh shit, it's Amdrag. Fuck it. Like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm like marking out for something that clearly is not going to be what the direction of the character or the show is. But, uh, Hey, props to you, Brian, that, that vegan lifestyle is apparently working out real well. Yes. He he won that ten year challenge right there. Hasn't it? it looks like he has. It looks like he got younger. Yeah, yeah. It was just fucking wild. Um, but uh, you know, I guess this means we'll get Daniel Bryan against the Fiend at the Rumble. I guess I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> I mean, I sure it sure looks like that could be a way they go. Um, I don't know. It's just you have the fiend and you've built him up to be this big unstoppable thing where, you know, he he's, he's kind of been the gimmick reset button for a yeah, couple yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Finn Balor gets his neck snapped at SummerSlam goes away, gets married a couple months, goes back to NXT and he's the Prince again. Um, and then uh, Seth Rollins loses the title to him and then he turns heel. Uh, you know, Lu- Daniel Bryan loses to him at uh, what was the last paper survivor series yes. or whatever. Yeah. Survivor series. And then, you know, gets his hair cut off under the ring at a SmackDown. He comes back shaving. He's full on American dragon again. Um, so, you know, I don't know where this uh, continues. I don't know if that's purposeful or if that's just a a coincidence of all these people that have uh, you know faced the fiend in the past few months. But what, what what's the end game here? Does the uh, does Brian go full American Dragon and and out wrestle the fiend? I mean, I'm not really sure how that works. The, the the person who should beat the fiend should be either more powerful. Or something. I, yeah, I, I, I don't I, know. I, I, I don't know. You, you pinch yourself into a corner. So what's the out? Uh, I don't think there is one. I mean, I, I, I really think WWE is going with an SNL style of, hey, look, the show goes live at eight. Like, <laughs> what, what we got is what we got. And right. 
And, you know, it, it just shows. Like, SmackDown this week was a nothing show. Uh, Raw this week, also a nothing show, but I feel really bad because it was, like, a, a double nothing show. Like, the crowd had sit through two shows. And the big thing on Raw this week, which uh, I'll, I'll dig more into, was uh, a gauntlet match. And that was, this. in and of itself, a shit show. But, like... Uh, you know, there there are some po- net positives of Raw. Uh, Samoa Joe in the booth continues to be a joy. Um, yep, there's our net positive. I was trying to think of something else that, that I could think of here, but that that's really it. Uh, but you had things like uh, uh, Lana and Bobby Lashley announcing they're going to get married on Raw the next week. Ugh, oh, great. boy. Um, you, have, uh, you have this gauntlet match, and... The Gauntlet match on paper sounded really fun. Like it, it, it kicked off with uh, R Truth and Tazawa, and okay. R Truth. So this is to determine the number one contender for, for the U.S. title. The U. Who, which is held by AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. Yes. <laughs> Shows you how much I've been paying attention to the WWE product. So it kicked off with uh, Tazawa and R Truth, and R Truth. Okay cut this ridiculous promo about his childhood hero, John Cena. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he said, uh, John Cena is the reason why he's a wrestler. And he, and he remembered watching the U S championship open challenge when he was a kid. <laughs> so he said he was going to become the first ever United States 24 seven champion. Okay. And then he pointed at the WrestleMania sign, but it's Which not up there. yet. <laughs> and he's wondering why it's not up. But, um, <laughs> They had a, you know, uh, he and Tozawa had a fun match. Tozawa continues to, you know, basically make everything of every random minute of TV time he's given. Then we got uh, Ricochet and Tozawa as the next step because Tozawa obviously won. Again, really fun. Then we had Ricochet beat Tozawa, so it became Ricochet against Matt Hardy. Okay. Uh, Ricochet went over there. Which which version Matt Hardy did we get here? Uh, standard uh, Jinku, uh, uh, Jin- Jinkos. Jinko, yeah, Matt Hardy, Raver Pant, Matt Hardy. Not okay. He was not broken or or woken or anything like that. Nor was he Big Money Matt or any other variant. Version two point whatever. Yeah, just just Matt. Umberto um, gotcha. Carrillo ended up defeating Ricochet. Uh, and then the final part of the uh, the gauntlet match was Andrade and Uberto Carrillo. Okay. And uh, what happened was uh, Andrade tossed I'm, – I'm looking back at notes just to make sure I have the sequence of things correct. Uh, Andrade tossed Uberto Carrillo into the barricade, and then he hit the hammerlock DDT on Carrillo. Okay. Uh, Rey Mysterio ran out to check on Carrillo. Andrade and uh, Zelina Vega ran off through the crowd. Carrillo was taken away on a stretcher. So okay. you had 50 minutes of television that ended in a stretcher job. Okay. All right. And so, non and a non-finish. A non-finish. So Seth Rollins came out and declared himself the U.S. Uh, the the contender for the U.S. title and challenged uh, Rey Mysterio for next week on Raw. Uh, okay. But what's even better is WWE then went on, <laughs> went on WWE.com and clarified that Umberto Carrillo, the guy who got knocked stupid and was stretchered out, won the match and will get a future title shot. How did he win the match? He got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> I, I guess Andrade got DQ'd, but didn't actually get DQ'd in the match. So, okay. 
that's yeah, uh, yeah, that's that, that's where we're at now. Uh, okay, we All we right. are now at the point that WWE doesn't even need to actually deliver a finish on television; they'll just use their website to explain to you what happened. Who visits the website? Who's seeing this shit? The WWE universe visits the website. I don't know if you watch those. Did you know? But you know they have no. I don't more. <laughs> they've got more social media followers in the NBA, the NFL, the NASCAR combined, or whatever the fuck they say. Yeah, sure. Yep, sure they do. Yeah, yeah. They they get more visits than Facebook. Uh-huh. Okay. Or something. I, I, okay. Well, good, good, good on you. Dot com. Good on you. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. But that's where we're at. Like that. That's that's how they're doing things now. Now they don't even need to actually finish a match. They'll just tell you what happened. God, none of that. None of what you just said is sparking any joy or interest in me. Yeah. I have no intention of watching this product. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I get it. The the pre-Christmas Raw is going to be uh, something that no one gives a shit about. Um, and the December 30th Raw, I don't think people will give a shit about. Um, no. Like right now, we're just in a holding pattern until the Rumble. Like that's that's what it is. Well, actually, sorry. Until the build for the Rumble, which will start on what? January 6th, I guess. Like they they don't care. And, and, and it's not like they're giving us a reason to care. That said, Chris... Based on mm-hmm. some news, I got an angle for you. Uh, a Kurt angle? No, not a Kurt angle. No? Okay, but not far removed because this involves a fucked up neck too. I I got I got a theory for you, my friend. Okay, okay, so lay it on me, buddy. Lana and Bobby Lashley are going to be getting married. I'm so, I, I misspoke. It's not next week's Raw. It's the one on the thirtieth. So the last oh. Raw of the year. Well, yeah, they have to plan it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To... Yeah, you you need some time. You need two weeks to plan a wedding. You need, like you need two weeks clearly plan a wedding. So. I'm thinking they get married, but it turns out Lana just likes to be cucked. She doesn't want to be in a relationship full time. Like, that's what turned her against Rusev. It's the ring. Who better to be the next cucker than a man who knows something about live sex celebrations in the ring? I give you the way Edge returns to the WWE. Oh, no. So, this is... So Edge stops the wedding and what or, declares or, his love for Lana? Or the wedding goes through and it turns out that Lana's cheating on Bobby Lashley with Edge. So this leads to a Beth Phoenix uh, match against Lana? No, 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 no. We're not going to acknowledge that at all. Because this is WWE. Why would you want to screw up storyline logic with real life stuff? Yeah, but it's been mentioned many a time on WWE programming, the marriage of one Beth Phoenix and one Adam Copeland. When was the last Copeland. time it was mentioned? Because I think if it's like three weeks old, it doesn't count anymore. Oh, is that how it works? There's a, <laughs> a, a statute of limitations yeah, on references? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. okay. All right, then. Sure. Um, I'm, uh, I don't know how I feel about this edge business. Uh, I know, you know that the entire time he is in the ring, regardless of it's just for a surprise appearance at the rumble or whatever, my butthole will be puckered in fear. Yeah. I mean, it's another one of those, uh, Daniel Bryan situations yeah. where, you know, the career was over and you kind of, it took a little bit, but you accepted it. They accepted it and moved on with their lives. And then, you know, mysteries and, and magic of science, uh, occur so that somebody potentially is available to come back. Somebody who thought that they would never get physical again. I mean, edge hit a spear whenever it was. I don't remember Summer when Slam. it was SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that happened and that raised some eyebrows and then we hadn't heard anything 
anything about it. Now, now rumors are that he it was it a contract thing or he, that he's he training or it. He, he signed it. Wow, he signed it. Yeah, I I am a learned man. He signed an extension of his deal, and he's apparently been spotted. <laughs> yes, he's apparently uh, been spotted both in Pittsburgh, which is where everyone gets their clearance, and right. he's apparently been spotted at the PC working out in the ring. See Pittsburgh. There's your Kurt Angle uh, yeah, maker right there. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, man, mm, I mean, look, I was never a huge Ed head, Edge head back in the day. Yeah. Um, his his kind of era of prominence was when I tuned out mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was never never super into him. Um, but again, it's one of those things where I don't want to see anybody get paralyzed in the ring. Uh, you know, obvi- the, the doctors know more than I do. Yeah. So it, it is what it is, but still, I, I mean, the Daniel Bryan matches that I do watch from time to time, I still get worried every time he takes a, uh, missile dro- or does missile drop kick or, mm-hmm. you know, does those crazy corner drop kicks where he tosses himself over and falls on his head and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm worried about those eggs getting scrambled. I'm worried about, uh, you know, uh, edges neck, but as crazy as it is, I mean, Champa came back from a neck surgery in a ridiculous amount of time. As um, did our boy Hiromu. And, uh, yeah, that's right. Hiromu took a little bit longer than, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, than Champa. Uh, but Hiromu was actually got to the point where it was broken. Yes. Uh, not, yeah, yeah. uh, well, I guess there was, I think it was a fusion that Champa needed either way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 um, it's a hole to do. And yeah. Um, and, and, and the other thing is, and I like edge. I have nothing against edge. He doesn't strike me as, and, and please listeners tell me if you believe I'm wrong or just a, tell me you exist. And then B tell me that I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> I edge, you know how they always talked about Daniel Bryan being like a B plus player. Yeah. That's how I've kind of felt about Edge. Like, Edge has had great matches. Edge was a prominent main event level guy for a while, but he never struck me as, like, you know, a, a game changer or or anyone of, like, that note where, you know, people who have stopped watching wrestling are going to come back because Edge is on television. No, I don't necessarily think that's the case, but he was a main eventer for a much longer time than Daniel Bryan yeah, yeah, yeah. ever was. Yeah. Um, he definitely had some notoriety, and I guess unless you watch Vikings on whatever network that show's on or yeah. whatever other show he was on on the Sci-Fi Network back in the day. Was it The Expanse? Is that what it was? No, no, it was something else. Some, uh, some other sci-fi space I show. I can't recall. Yeah, whoever, whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. And I also don't know where Edge would fit into the current landscape of WWE. Like that style, it's mostly a different style now. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I mean, he's denying it. He'll pop the ratings. Yeah. He's denying it. But also, you know, we just came off of John Morrison denying coming to WWE, which, by the way, great to see he's done absolutely nothing since signing. So that's cool. Uh, Rumble, I guess. I, he, I don't hey, know. actually, I'm sorry. John Morrison has been on at least one episode of WWE's The Bump, streaming the Bump. live on YouTube whenever. I uh, actually watched a clip of that because uh, I got it. I have a. Oh man, I can't believe I'm admitting this. I have a Google alert for Lucha Underground, um, oh. so I get. <laughs> <laughs> so like he, he talked about lucha underground uh and oh, i was like okay. oh he's actually talking okay. about it uh, so i was like okay i'll watch that clip that that uh, makes a little bit of sense a little yeah. bit 
just because I, I love any any mention of Lucha Underground. Just I, I'm I just I salivate and uh, and yeah. just hope for something. Hope for Dario Cueto showing up somewhere or something like that, and it never is. Elsewhere in WWE, uh, we've got some folks signing some five year extensions. Uh, the New Day, all three of them have signed five year extensions. Uh, so there goes yeah, and Kofi Kofi's kind of making it seem like this may be his last. Uh, I don't blame them. I mean, you know, you you don't want to overstay your welcome. And um, I, I think by the end of that five year period, I think we'll, you know, be ready for the new day to be something else. Like, uh, no, no offense to that trio. Love that trio. Great guys. Great stuff. Their podcast is super fun. Um, it really is. But, you know, uh, I, I think that will be a, a time to close off that chapter. Um but uh, there goes any hope of New Day versus the Elite ever. Uh, we've got a five-year extension for the Street Profits. Good for you guys. Yeah, which is big for them, guys. Yeah. Uh, very, very cool for you. And five-year extension for Dana Brooke, which I'm just going to okay. say thanks, Big Dave, for that five-year extension. Yeah, I'm sure he uh, he, he gave some advice maybe yeah. uh, in the DMs or maybe uh, lying bedside. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if that ever came to fruition, I need I need some uh, some video or photo proof of it because yeah. uh, I'm here for uh, for Big Dave and Dana Brooke. Yes, we, we need that. So before we get into um, the Wednesday Night Wars, which I think has lately become our, our show closing bit to compare and contrast the shows. And yes, mm. this week, NXT one, which, hey, they they threw everything they had at that end of the year show. So I get it. Yeah, they basically uh, put on a takeover. Exactly. So I get it. Cool. Uh, and again, numbers are numbers. We're not smart. But so long as uh, both companies keep continuing doing awesome things, that's awesome for us. I wanted to yeah. very quickly recommend two matches from the recent weekend of Road to Tokyo Dome shows that New Japan put on. Uh, okay. Uh, I will say, if you are not currently a New Japan World subscriber, wait a few weeks. Sign up on January 1st. Also of note, they've set it up now where if you're paying via PayPal, you get 200 yen off. So instead of oh, 999 nice. yen, it's 799 yen. So like 7 or 8 bucks as opposed to 9 or 10. Um, Not bad. Yeah, uh, it's especially when you compare to you know what you could spend ten dollars for uh, elsewhere. Um, so I watched Hiromu Takahashi's return match, which was Hiromu and Bushi against uh, uh, Robbie Eagles and Will Ospreay. The birds of prey. The birds of prey. Uh, Hiromu looks like he has not lost a step whatsoever. He takes some crazy bumps. He does some wild moves. I mean, he looks fantastic. It looks like he put on a little bit of muscle, which is probably okay. a good thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, super fun match. Shockingly enough, the finish was uh, Eagles defeating Hiromo. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, you have Bushi right there. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> so I guess they're, they're setting up for when Hiromu wins the junior heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom, Eagles will have yes. a built-in uh, title opportunity. Yeah. So that was on Thursday the 19th. But the match I really want to talk about, both to you, Chris, and to our listeners, December 21st, the Saturday show, mm -hmm. they had, and it was just in the middle of the show, it was uh, Evil and Hiromu against... Um, uh, Will Ospreay and uh, Stone Pitbull uh, Ishii. Ishii. Yes. I did not know that I wanted this match in my life. It fucking ruled. Uh, Evil huh. and Ishii just beat the fuck out of each other. 
They like yeah. I, that was a sleeper at the G1, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, okay, yeah. this match should be okay. And then they knocked each other silly, and it was awesome. Yeah. And the thing is, they don't have anything going on against each other right now. Like, uh, Ishii's going to be defending the Never title uh, at uh, Wrestle Kingdom against Kenta. So, like, they had no reason to be this heated with each other. But they just laid into each other and lit each other Wait, up. Ishi- I, I thought Kenta had the title. Oh, well, sorry. Yes. Uh, Kenta has the title. And, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. It's Kenta and Goto. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, right, it was right. Goto's involved there. All right, I'm sorry. I, I, I confused my uh, grumpy wrestleman. Um, <laughs> but, uh, okay. yeah, to, yeah, to my recollection, there's there's really nothing tying those two together for the Dome or anything. But they just... Ishii doesn't have, like, a solo match. He's just in yeah. a tag match or two, I think, at the Dome. But I, I want these guys to have a feud. Like, it, it ruled. It was so awesome. Because you basically got the, the two tastes of New Japan that I love, which is grumpy dudes beating the shit out of each other. And... Yeah high impact flippy dudes. And I didn't know that uh Hiromu and Ishii would play off each other so well. I didn't know that Hiromu and Evil would make a great team. I yeah. mean there there was all these little bits in it that I absolutely adored. And I like it, it I don't know if it's like a match of the year candidate or anything, but it's one of those matches that snuck up on me and I really loved because also it's at Currican Hall, so it was a hot crowd. Sure. Um and you know, it very much underlined Hiromu's back. Hiromu is working matches just like everybody else now. Um, and it, it was just really fun, really good. I highly recommend okay. giving that a spin, especially if you have a New Japan subscription right now. Uh, again, yeah. it, don't sign up yet because Japanese billing's weird. You're going to get billed on the first no matter what. Sign up on the first, watch this match, and then get ready for the two days of uh, Wrestle Kingdom on the 4th and 5th. Yeah, look, uh, I'm getting excited for it. I mean, I'm I'm seeing the build. I actually I saw on one of those two matches. I'm not sure which one it was, but I saw like the opening sequence between Hiromu and Willie O'Spray. So yeah, that, uh, that was from the uh, the first one. The uh, the first the one. Okay. One. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. Hiromu's so so interesting to me because he he on one hand he doesn't seem like he fits in the Lij, but on the other hand he totally fits in the Lij. It, yeah. It's it's weird because you know he's kind of this just weird madman nihilist sort of just crazy little dude who does some crazy shit. Um, and and there's certain ways that he works. Like, uh, it it works as like a baby face sort of thing, but Mm -hmm. LIJ is technically uh, a heel stable. So, but then he also kind of fits in there with the whole, you know, bonkers sort of approach. I don't want to say Joker esque, but just uh, there are know, a lot of mind just... games that he plays. And, yeah, and, and yes. he, he's fucking with Osprey during their intros and everything. And uh, I will say it's vaguely homoerotic. Uh, the the whole thing they have okay. going on, but you know what? Whatever. I'm you know it's 2019. Let's do this. And um, I watch that. Yeah, uh, I I just really enjoy it because it's funny. Um, so I, as I think I've talked about a few different times over the course of my time on this show, uh, my, my wife is getting more and more, not necessarily into wrestling, but getting a, a greater understanding. Uh, yeah, yesterday, nice. uh, one of the YouTuber people that she follows was at Cork and Hall for oh. the show. So she just turns to me and goes, um, cause she was following them on Instagram shows me from the Instagram stories, like Rapongi three K having a match. And she's nice. like, do you know who these people are? And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, that's new Japan. That's who me and Chris went and saw in New York and Philly this year and, and, and all that. And I, I got to thinking of all the ways I can introduce pro wrestling to her. New Japan might be the easiest. Cause it's literally it, like, it's just focusing more on there are matches 
Right. But I was trying to figure out how he'd describe different people. And I, I started to wonder, how the hell do you describe L.I.J.? Yeah, it, it it's tough because they're, you know, supposed to be a heel faction, but they're super over, yeah. you know, pretty much everybody at, at various levels. Obviously, Naito and uh, well, I mean, now that Hiromu's back, I was going to say Naito's clearly most popular. Yeah. Then right now, I'd probably say it's a toss up between Sonata and Hiromu with Hiromu mm-hmm. being back. Uh, Sonata got super over this past year to the point where we thought we thought he was may have broken off of the uh, of the group and gone and done his own uh, thing. Um, yeah. You know, and then you got evil and there's Bushi there as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Shingo. Paul, Don't forget Shingo. Well, Shingo's just the the legit badass though. Right, right. You know, Shingo's the the non fuck with the bowl sort yes, of thing. Yeah. He's it, in my, the way I see it, he's the new Ishii. I mean, Ishii, you know, every every, every step he takes, he's in extreme pain, yes. and you can see it in his face. And you know, the Smells stone pitbull can only go on. Smells great though. Yeah, <laughs> you can only go on for so much longer. I feel like yeah. Shingo is the the spiritual successor of that. Yeah. Uh, plus, he's got a great. Uh, I mean, um, but uh, um, it is hard to, to foreigners, uh, foreigner pricks. I mean, that's kind of the Bullet Club gimmick. That's how it started out, and kind of you know, th- there are a couple you know Chris, Japanese not, people not, in not there to as well. Out. Uh, I I don't know how this came up on the recording, but I just had nothing but Skype interference for like the past five ten seconds for you. So uh, apologies to our listeners. And, oh okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, you were saying about Shingo. If you if you want to run that back real quick. I was just saying that he's uh, the most badass uh, dude, and it, I, I went on to you know echo your point that it's hard to talk about what Lij is and what they stand for, as opposed to the Bullet Club, who was formed as the the foreigner pricks. Yeah. Um. So you know it, it, it's a little tougher. I mean, obviously you can go back to you know the Los Ingobernables uh, in Mexico and CMLL and yes. how it formed there, and you know the whole story of Nido, but th- that doesn't really reflect what lij is about exactly so exactly. i'll basically just agree with you in a very winded long long uh long word smith sort of way <laughs> i yeah. speak english good yeah and, and and the only other thing i could think of is how naito is beloved by japanese fans because he almost in a steve austin like way he personifies the exact antithesis of like the japanese work ethic like right. the whole japanese work ethic is like you know you die at your desk meanwhile naito's just like eh, whatever you know so like that <laughs> it's tranquilo baby exactly so you know there's there's that element of it too but yeah i was thinking that might be a, a way to to introduce her to things because at the yeah. end of the day it's about here's your good guy here's your bad guy and sometimes not even right. that but still here's your good guy here's your bad guy they wrestle and you know therefore yeah. um that that's the basics and yeah. it, it comes down to that has there been any update i saw something about sonata being possibly injured yeah uh apparently his jaw got jacked pretty hard on night two he got pulled from night three of the uh three-day stand at hurricane okay. um no word on anything beyond that i think uh yujiro also got hurt but i mean I, I can name on one hand the people who care about Yujiro, and Yujiro is one of them. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, 
he hasn't been pulled from uh, Tokyo Dome. I'd imagine if ever, if anything, they probably pulled him off the other show as a precaution so he could work sure. Tokyo Dome. Uh, and maybe they'll switch things up so he doesn't work both days. He only works a day where he's a one-on-one match with ZSJ. Uh, we'll we'll see what it ends up happening. But yeah, uh, fun shows overall. I mean, their house oh, show. Excuse me. Uh, their house shows in general, including the last match of Liger at Kurrican Hall. Uh, so. There's there's stuff worth watching, but really those two matches were the ones I wanted to spotlight and say, hey, if you're looking for because I, I watched both those matches last night because I had a hard time spinning down before bed. I was like, all right, let's get into it. So, you know, it was a good 40 minutes to an hour of pro wrestling watching. Yeah. Um, and I just had a good time with it. So, yeah, uh, highly recommend, but especially recommend uh, Evil and Hiromu against Ishii and Osprey. Really, really fun. Okay. I did see it looked like um, in Liger's last match at uh, Korokin, he got pinned by Okada. Yes. Yes, he did. And there was a uh, one of those beginning of the decade, end of the decade photos mm-hmm. of uh, of that finish. And then the uh, it was Okada as a young boy, as a young yeah. lion in the ring, uh, standing next to uh, Liger, which is, you know, a hell of a side by side right there. Oh, yeah. 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 Because I think uh, it was the 2010 Tokyo Dome show that Liger like kicked off it was like a six man where Liger was teamed with Okada and someone else I can't remember who the third person was maybe Kanemoto but uh yeah it it is crazy just to see how that's changed um there was also yeah. a, a video special that they put up I, I don't think it's in English but last night they did like a, a live stream where it was like looking at the career of Jushin Thunder Liger and they did like a top 10 greatest matches I will say uh, I disagree with the number one match because it was him versus Suzuki from this past October's King of Pro Wrestling. Not that it was oh. a bad match, but really, you're going to say that's his greatest match of ever? I mean, no. Yeah. That's yeah. an honorable mention. That match yeah. wasn't, you know, uh, I mean, I guess storyline wise, it had been a, a long told story yes. uh, or whatever. But yeah, in terms of actual, you know, in ring action, uh, not not number one related uh chris because there's nothing better in a podcast than to hear people plan future podcasts on a podcast did you <laughs> want to do like a best of 2019 episode where we kind of talk about like fave matches fave workers least fave matches least favorite yeah workers? i guess i guess we could work on that uh for next week since there's no uh shows this week there's not yeah. gonna be much to discuss uh so yeah that, that that would make sense and then on the uh the patreon we'll do our our movie best ofs uh uh, as well, because we're probably going to get into Star Wars on the Patreon uh, yes. today. Yeah, if you want to hear our opinions, extended spoiler-filled opinions about yeah. the rise of Skywalker, hop over onto the Patreon. And, and maybe Joker, too. Yeah, yeah, we might get into that. Uh, we'll see which one we yell about more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, to wrap up the show, it was a packed week for the Wednesday Night Wars, as it was the final episode of NXT and final episode of AEW Dynamite live episodes for the year. Uh NXT came out swinging with big time title matches and it worked for their favor as they were the winners for the week in the ratings. But AEW had a pretty damn good show themselves, including the building of a future superstar and a finish that pissed off the entire Internet. So, uh, Chris, which one you want to hop into first, bud? I I guess I guess we'll start with the NXT. All right. So NXT kicked off with Adam Cole Bebe defending the NXT title against one Finn Balor. Uh, Prince Balor. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I thought this was a really great match. I I thought that uh, this was 
you know, a reminder of why Finn Balor is and was considered one of the best in the world. Uh, yeah. Adam Cole was as great as always, uh, though uh, the distraction finish was a bit of a bummer. I get why they did it because, hey, Johnny Gargano's back and we're going to pick up right where we left off with Gargano and Balor being uh, the feud, you know, the former Mr. NXT versus the current Mr. NXT. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, I guess if there's a silver lining in the distraction is that he didn't physically get involved. It was just, uh, you know, he just walked out there and yeah. then, you know, it was on Balor to, to get distracted or whatever. But yeah, Cole and Balor worked really well together. And it was something that that Morrow and Nigel brought up a couple times that I never it never really clicked in my head. But that was part of what Adam what made Adam Cole so great. But now that they mention it, I'm looking back on Adam Cole match. And I'm like, yeah, it, it's his fucking timing. Uh, like, you know, between the the super kicks he had on Balor when Balor was on the apron and the one that right. caught him square under the chin as he was going for um, uh, the John Woo mis- drop kick or whatever. Um, Adam Cole has just the best fucking timing. He'll, he'll, he'll hit you right on the spot. You look back to when uh, he hit Ricochet when Ricochet was doing the cadaver off the uh, uh, off the middle uh, rope at the mm-hmm. one takeover. Mm-hmm. He, he's always right where he's supposed to be and he'll always kick you at right the best time. Um, and, you know, it's just another another feather in the cap of adam cole who you know the undisputed prophecy was fulfilled and yeah you know they started the year with no gold they end the year everybody uh holding on to their gold as far mm-hmm. as we know i know roddy strong is doing an open challenge it was probably taped but i didn't read any spoilers yes. for the yes. because nxt is doing a thanks or a christmas night show uh dynamite mm-hmm. is not yeah uh, nxt is doing a a pre-taped uh, Christmas night show. Uh, I could tell you who's in that match if you really want to know. Um, but yeah, the, the problem, well, we don't have to ruin it for everybody. Yes. Yes. Uh, it, it's out there if you want to find it. And also they taped a few matches at, uh, SmackDown on Friday, which is interesting. Um, but, NXT uh, matches at SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other two matches for the show were taped at SmackDown on Friday. Was SmackDown in Florida? No, SmackDown was in Brooklyn. So they flew people up to Brooklyn wow. to, uh, to do those matches. But, um, interesting. Uh, yeah, no, Cole's timing is, is always great. Chris, I do have to ask, are you getting sick of the wiping out of a row of plants? Oh yeah. That that's, that's gotta, uh, they gotta pump the brakes on that. Yeah. yeah Cause it's... they're clearly not just regular fans in the front row. Now that said, if there's any crowd that's full of people who would probably say, Oh, we'll totally take a bump. It's the fine people of Florida, but uh... well, hopefully they'll, they'll throw that one guy who uh, told uh, Io Shirai to go back to China, uh, <laughs> to which she amazingly replied, Japanese bitch. bitch. Yes. 10 Bless out of 10. You, Io Shirai. Bless so you. Uh, they left that in. But they edited out um, the mention of uh, Evil's relationship with Io Shirai that yes. uh, Morrow alluded to. Apparently, yeah. they, uh, I, I watched it this morning and I didn't hear mention of that. So, yeah, they definitely edited that out. Everything is evil, Chris. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> Man, they, they just they just skyrocketed near the top of my uh, watch list <laughs> right there. Uh, we had Into a, it. Yes. Uh, we had Damian Priest take on Killian Dane in a Haas fight. Uh, Damian Priest ended up going over. Uh, I, I thought this was perfectly fine, perfectly enjoyable match. Uh, it, it's surprising to me how much Killian Dane's kind of become a guy who I really look forward to seeing in matches. Not that I did anything against Dane before, but I just was kind of like, oh, he's kind he's of... just kind of the big guy who was there. Yeah, uh, but he's he's actually becoming someone who I enjoy watching matches of. Um, yeah. 
we found out that the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic will be coming back for 2020. Baby brother. Uh, yeah, they're going to announce the teams on the New Year's Day episode of NXT. And uh, apparently, from what I saw on Twitter, uh, Cody allowed them to call, you know, to use Dusty's name for that. Yes. Uh, so if you're to believe what one Cody Runnels says on Twitter, there you go. Yeah. You know what? Hey, Rising Tide raises all ships. Well done, Cody. Yeah. No problems there. We had the, uh, well, I was going to say the blow off, but I, I feel like there's going to be a little bit more of this of Kushida and Cameron Grimes. As, really enjoyed this match. Yeah, this match was super fun. And Grimes went over with a double stomp. Uh, I I just enjoyed this match so much. Uh, uh, Kushida throwing out like the, the overhead chops and, and all sorts yeah. of basically things we're not used to seeing from him uh, really added a lot, but uh, I, I really enjoyed how much the finish was just kind of like this big surprise. You know, he, he got the yeah. double stomp and, and that was it. Um, it was one of the best double stomps I've seen. Yeah. 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 Like it looked like he shoot murdered Kushida. Um, yeah. It was a beaut. But I, I really liked that. And I would love for those two to maybe get a, a shot at having another match at a takeover. I think that'd be yeah. really cool. Um, Io Shirai had kind of a squash, uh, over Santana Garrett, mm-hmm. uh, the aforementioned, I'm Japanese bitch, uh, moment <laughs> was really kind of the highlight of it. Uh, yeah. but Io Shirai, uh, possible vague spoiler for, uh, our, uh, our 2019 best of show. Io Shirai is someone who I'm very seriously calling my performer of the year because wow. she has had such a great transition from, random Japanese baby face to super cool heel and had great matches all the way down. So yeah. uh, she's, she's definitely my consideration. I don't know for sure it's going to be her, but she's, she's up there for me. I, I she's become someone that if she's on TV, I pay attention more than most. Yeah, so. no, I would agree with you a hundred percent on that. I can, I'm trying to look back and think of a, a stinker with EO and I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. There's also Shingo in the mix and there's Will Ospreay and, you know, some yeah. of, some of the people you'd expect, but, uh, as we've talked about quite a few times, something I really appreciate in wrestling is when something surprises you and a, and a performer surprises you. So, uh, she may end up up in the list for me. So something that I thought was kind of weird, Chris, the okay. next match on the NXT show was going to be a preview for the Wind Worlds Collide show, which will be happening right. over Rumble weekend as we get NXT versus NXT UK. So uh-huh. you had the UK guy representing NXT and a New Zealander representing UK. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. That, well, he's on the NXT UK branded show. Yes. So uh, that at least made sense. But yeah, that, it, it was a little bit funny. But the match itself was fun as hell. Yeah, loved the match. I mean, these guys have a history. I, I believe they've worked each other a few times in progress. Uh, okay. It was a it was a great showcase for Travis Banks because I don't think uh, many people have gotten a chance to see him. So uh, he was in the last week's show as well. Yes, but what I'm saying is like I, I don't know that how many people gotcha. are, are are into him. And this familiar. was yeah, familiar with his work, familiar with his skills. But uh, dug this match. Really loved this match. Um, and I, it made me look forward to the Win Worlds Collide show. So that is that, that's it's 
three brands, right? NXT, NXT UK, and 205 is included in that as uh, well? I believe you're is correct, it just... but they okay. were talking about it, uh, NXT and NXT UK on the show. So maybe 205 okay. is weirdly part of NXT now? I don't know. Because I was going to say, if this gives me the opportunity for Walter versus uh, Akira Tozawa, I'm 100% here for it. Oh my uh, god, Chris. Oh my god, you just described a match I, I didn't know I wanted, and now I need in my life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Hundred oh, percent. I was trying to think of Walter against the the tiniest guy, and I know Tazawa is not the tiniest guy. Yeah. But talking about him earlier, I thought of the two hundred five uh, roster, and he just jumped out at me. I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to see that. I, I will say, I don't. Th- when we talk about the tiniest guy, I don't think the optics of Walter chopping Leo Rush would really be great. But you know what? Let's give it a shot anyway. <laughs> and then uh, we had our main event of the evening that delivered yeah. in spades. WWE talks about how they make moments and we mock sometimes how they focus on moments. But this right. was a moment. Rhea Ripley finally defeated Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. This match was awesome. The finish was fantastic. The post-match celebration was a 10. I mean, that. It was the passing of a torch. Rhea Ripley is now yes. the top star for the NXT Women's Division. Full stop. What I loved about this match is the fact that we got false finishes, but they weren't the normal kickout false finishes. Yes. They were all these different tropes of things that have been done time and time again, a lot, mostly in WWE, of things that would end a match and yes. lead to uh, a finish uh, like uh, the other horsewomen coming down and getting involved and getting shoved through the barricade and the ref getting knocked out and then getting choked out to the point yes. where, yes. you know, you almost the, the arm almost dropped all those sorts of things in a multitude of different matches in WWE and NXT history have led to the finish. So, it you know, it, it got you more invested like, oh, shit, here it comes. This They're not going to pull the trigger on it. Here's going to be the end. She's going to get, uh, you know, choked right. out or right. the refs out. And, you know, then the horsewomen are going to come back and da, 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 da. but no they 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 played it right they incorporated those different kind of false finishes into the match it got me more invested and even mm-hmm. though i already knew the outcome because i watched it this morning and i'm like fuck that was really really well done yeah yeah it, it, it was fantastic i i uh, like that is one of those <laughs> late it's not going to be mine but it's a late contender for match of the year it's one of those matches that you could point to and with within reason say is one of the best matches of the year as it, it really just did this phenomenal job of putting over both women putting over the title calling back to all of the finishes that have happened before and gave you yeah. that big over the top baby face win just great stuff yeah no, no it was I, i'm trying to find a flaw with it and i can't yeah. um you know if not it being just telegraphed uh, yeah, you, know, yeah, kinda, yeah. you know the fact that they were closing the show with that as soon as they announced that cole and uh balor was opening the show mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. you pretty much knew what the outcome was going to be because you want to end the show with a memorable moment and they certainly did and if that's my only complaint about it then that's uh that's a good position to be in couldn't agree more so let's talk about dynamite uh, Dynamite had what I thought was, for the most part, a really good show. And I will say, I was not as bothered by the end of the show as most, but I look forward to getting your thoughts on it. We'll get there, though. So let's yeah. talk about the show as it happened. Kicked off hot with just two teams in the ring. Let's get this match going. It was the Lucha Bros versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Thought this match was going to be dope, and it delivered. 
uh, Omega has such amazing chemistry with both Phoenix and uh, yeah. Pentagon that, you know, it added so much to this match. But Hangman Page is really coming into his own. His stuff looked great, had a great snap to it. Crowds get behind him. I loved this match. Like, it, it was really fucking good. It was a ton of fun. And I it, call this what you will. Call it a Christmas miracle. I'm going to be critical of Pentagon. Okay. Let's hear it. He's going a little too hard on the Sarah Miedo, uh mannerisms to the point where it's taking me out of the match a little bit. I'm like, if you know, this match is fast paced and all this action and, you know, you're setting somebody up for the, the package pile driver or the Penta driver or whatever. And you have to stop every fucking time for the Sarah Miedo. dude. It's already over. People yeah. already do it. Save it to to once, you know, during your taunts in the beginning and once maybe once you're definitely going to hit the finisher. It, it's starting to annoy me how much uh, he, he's overusing it in the matches. And I hate being critical of Pentagon. He's my your fucking boy. dude. He's my he's fucking dude. You're, but you are a day one Pentagon fan. Not many people could. Yeah, say that. man. Yeah, like straight up U.S. debut Lucha Underground fucking six years ago, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'm fucking there. Um, so it, it kills me to to throw uh, – well, it's it's critique and it's, it's, it's a minor quibble. Yeah. Uh, the match itself, like you said, was really fun and, you know, uh, Kenneth Omega and uh, Hangman uh, Page, you know, the their little – dissension among the two of them uh is 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 working i think it's not really dissension it's well i guess it kind of devolved into that a little bit because yeah. they they, 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 they did each start other shoving each match. other after the match because yeah. the, the finish was uh page was gonna hit penta with the buckshot right penta ducked omega got hit with it and then lucha yeah. bros hit their uh double stomp uh package pile driver finish so you know it was on kenny yeah on kenny so so yeah penta pinned kenny omega yeah so that was played off as you know being page's fault um and i'm guessing this is going to eventually lead to at uh the next pay-per-view revolution which completely sold out yep yeah fucking we were sitting here last week going oh you know they're they're fucking out Chicago. Who you know they're going there too many times. This just proves again why we are the dudes sitting here on the internet <laughs> talking about wrestling uh, as opposed to actually being involved in the business because we don't know how any of this shit works. Um, oh, we're idiots. Yeah. So uh, credit where credit is due there. But yeah, I, I, it feels like Page Omega might be the next direction for both guys. But there's a pack in the way. Because while they were shoving each other, Pac shows up on uh, the Contron, as I'm now going to call it. Uh, <laughs> he shows up on the Contron and he's he's talking shit to, to Kenny and saying, how, how could you forget me? And he says, if you keep ducking me, you know, you don't know what I'm capable of. In fact, I'll show you what I'm doing. So he yells at the cameraman to come with him, which, hey, yep. acknowledging the camera's there. I like yep. that. Uh, and you had Michael Nakazawa not watching the show. No, just, just hang- jamming in the locker room. Hanging to, out with you know, his Bose wireless, uh, yeah, with his Bose wireless yeah. headphones with sound, uh, the sound noise off, canceling. I guess. Yeah, the noise yeah. canceling going on. And uh, basically door closed and, and that's all you got to see. So Omega ran to the back and this part was weird. If you watched it on the show, it was picture in picture. Uh, I, through the magic of VPN, am now watching it on fight, so I don't have picture in picture anymore. Okay. Um, 
basically Omega ran backstage, couldn't find wherever uh, Pac and Nakazawa were because he went to the mm-hmm. locker room and they were gone. Okay. He was looking through other rooms and then he got jumped by the Lucha Bros. Oh, okay. Because I was wondering, I was going to ask if there was any payoff that I missed, and clearly yeah. there was. Yeah, Lucha Bros jumped Omega, and then Paige made the save, and then they're oh, like, oh, "Oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna look for Nakazawa and Pac." Now I really want Pac to be a honorary third Lucha Bro. <laughs> you know what? If they want to give me uh, Nak a six man, uh, yeah, if they want to give me a six man of Nak, Omega, and Paige against Lucha Bros and and Pac. Knack and Peck. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I, I think that'd be super fun. Um, so then uh, we went to uh, th- another tag match. Lots of tag matches on this show. And they uh, love tag team wrestling now. Yeah, there. they do. Car- uh, uh, Cardi. Uh, Cody. Cardi B? Cody. Cardi B. Cody and, debut. <laughs> Cody and Darby B. Allen <laughs> went yeah. against the Butcher and the Blade with the Bunny. Uh, another great match for the Butcher and the Blade. This was another really fun match. I yeah. l- absolutely loved the chemistry in ring between the Butcher and Darby Allen. Yeah, they were super fun. Uh, I I loved this. The the uh, kind of not so great syncopated dives with Cody and Darby Allen jumping out uh, at the Butcher and the Blade, where basically uh, Cody overshot it and Darby ate shit was kind Undershot, of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the the fucking finish where Cody hit the um, the Cody cutter, aka an Oz cutter, and right. uh, Darby hit the fucking coffin drop on the Butcher on the on apron. The- which I don't know if you know this, Marty. That is the hardest part of the ring. Uh, it, I've I've heard, and it was noticeable because, yeah. like, just oh my god, that that looked so brutal. Like the the first angle they shot it from, it didn't look that noticeable. Then they showed a, another angle in the replay, and it looked like he murdered the butcher. So bad times yeah. for every time I die, fans, right there. Uh, <laughs> but I I thought this ruled, uh, and it looks like we're gonna get Cody and Darby Allen's big rematch on the one one Jacksonville show. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I love the way that Cody and Darby, you know, found a way to work together, uh, you know, found the common denominator to get them to the end there. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed everything about that match. It was it was it was really fun. And I enjoyed the story uh, being told. And I'm looking forward to Darby versus Cody, too. Yeah, uh, we finally got that Jungle Boy training video that was online on a show. So, yes, they listen. All the times we've been yeah. yelling at, at AEW collectively, not just between us, but like the fans as a whole. I've been saying yeah. more of the shit needs to be on TV. There you go. We had the Jungle Boy training video putting over the importance of the match. We had a quick awesome Kong squash where she beat up some lady named Miranda Alicia. Uh, is she on the Kristoff list? Um, No, she she didn't make the cut. Okay, so bad times for Miranda, both murdered by Kong and did not make it for the Kristoff list. <laughs> we had a sit down with JR and Jungle Boy again, continuing to put on the put over the match. Uh, I really like when JR does the sit down conversations with guys. It reminds me of the sit down promos he did in the Attitude Era with different yeah. people, you know, to get over like the three faces of Foley and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Jungle Boy came off really natural here he he didn't uh you know for a guy who hasn't really cut too many promos he didn't come off as like pre-rehearsed or anything like that he just seemed cool calm and collected which i, I thought was a a good way to feature him heading into that match his father was an actor so you'd imagine some of that uh naturalism gets passed down on yes 
And then we had Chris Jericho versus Jungle Boy, the 10-minute challenge. Uh, Non-title match. And, man, (laughs) did they give Jungle Boy everything they could for the big babyface moment. You had those two promos. He came out with his crew. As he's coming out. Yeah, he's got the big pyro. And his mother, his sister, and grandmother are in the front row. Right, yeah. If he's not winning, one of those old bats is getting uh, code broken in the ring. (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, And, uh, I mean, Jericho made the kid. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, Yeah. Jericho went out there. Uh, he showed ass when he needed to show ass. He he looked impressive when he needed to look impressive. Jungle Boy also looked impressive. Uh, uh, getting the lion salt in, which I yeah. I thought for sure was going to be the finish. Like I I just thought that would have been perfect. Crowd ate it up too. Uh, and they did the finish the way that I thought was good. Uh, Jericho hit the power bomb, single power bomb. I was really hoping he'd bring back the double power bomb for <laughs> Jungle Boy. Um, and then he did the walls of Jericho, and Jungle Boy survived to the ten minute mark while in yeah. the t- walls of Jericho. Uh, so big pop for that. Jungle Boy, you know, he made it through the challenge. Jericho loses his mind, and he asks for five more minutes, and uh, the bell rang. Jungle Boy hits a Hugo gets a two, hits a crucifix, gets a two. Jericho just bails. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Grabs his belt. He's Screw out. you guys. I'm getting him. Yeah. Uh, so during the commercial break for that, Jericho, uh, he had a, a, a tantrum. He got in the face of the Perrys. He he did everything you could to, to get heel heat. And then he yeah. had a, a really funny promo with uh, Tony Schiavone where he swore up and down that it wasn't a 10-minute challenge. He didn't lose it. He didn't ask for five more minutes. He went full Looney Tunes <laughs> with his character right uh, yeah i i the from the the opening of the match through to this angle the execution was 10 out of 10 and uh, another example of someone being made very quickly by just i don't know giving them appearances where they can look important and good yeah and he didn't have to get any pinfalls on anybody or anything not to say that this 10 minute thing can be used all the time no. but it worked for this situation and it, it worked uh just swimmingly and jericho you know one of those guys who's on my short list for performer of the year yeah. uh without question um obviously i have to do that math this week before we uh before next weekend we'll do that but but yeah just looking back and thinking back at the year that jericho had uh from his new japan appearances all the way mm-hmm. through the the beginnings of AEW and what they've done so far i mean the guy is uh just he's on his own level right now yeah um, he, he's doing incredible work 30 years into his career i yeah. mean that's unheard of like that there's a, only a small handful of people who can really say did that and, yeah that's uh, true yeah. And the other good parts of that match was, you know, we had a little confrontation between Luchasaurus and yes. Jake Hager. Looking forward to when that match finally happens. Uh, Marco Stunt got murdered. Yes, by he Jake did. Hager. The, the call from Excalibur about the corpse of Marco Stunt being removed from the ring is one of the all time best calls. Like uh, that. I think that almost killed Tony Schiavone. Yeah, it did. He, he popped hard for that one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that that was uh, that was all fun the the, everything involving all parties involved in that match was was pretty perfectly executed uh there and then from there the show you know 
continued. What yeah, happened next? Yeah, uh, we had a backstage interview with Jen Decker, uh, who, uh, from from my what I understand, is actually like a well-known sportscaster lady. I have no okay. idea, but she's interviewing SCU. The Lucha Brothers interrupted. Pentagon told Chris Daniels that he can't hang anymore, and Daniels just stood there and took it. So that's okay. still a thing. Stop. I guess. Keep, keep those teams apart, please. Great news, Chris. The yeah. era of Britt Baker is over as in a number one <laughs> contenders match, Chris Statlander, our new favorite, beat Britt Baker. And yeah. uh, I, I assume this is the beginning of the jettisoning of Britt Baker as someone important in the AEW women's well, division. I mean, for the time being, I, yes. I don't I don't foresee them not circling back to her at some point. Yeah. Uh, maybe once she gets a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, once something happens to improve her, her station in pro wrestling, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was not a, a, a great match by any means. Uh Britt Baker should not be trying her version of the sling blade when Pentagon's doing his version earlier in the show and it's infinitely better. Um, It's true. For as much as I could say that the match itself wasn't great, the finish was super dope with Statlander uh, hitting the, what she call it, the Big Bang Theory and it looked like she murdered Britt with it. Uh, And it cut to Riho with a look on her face like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh shit. (laughs) What have I gotten myself into? Which was really awesome. However, the post-match, not so awesome. Statlander has a, a promo with Shivani. She does her weird alien thing, booped the nose of one uh, Anthony Chivone. And then Brandy comes out and is bitching and moaning about the microphone being bad. I don't know what that was about. I don't know. And, I couldn't make sense of that. And then she asked Statlander to join the Nightmare Collective. Statlander said no. And uh, then Kong and Melanie Cruz beat the crap out of Statlander. Brandy hit statlander with her high heel and then here comes sadie gibbs who has had all of one match that i can recall on aew for the save and i don't care i just don't care like i would infinitely more care if they were just building awesome kong versus chris statlander like i i don't need voodoo priestess brandy or uh or or not quite uh the uh what were they called the straight edge society or whatever like i right yeah i i don't need not serena deeb yes i i I don't need any of that like it just i I, i've got nothing for it 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 just feels like a big whiff and for as much as i was into from the jump the the brandy and kong pairing the more this goes on the more airtime they give voodoo priestess brandy as i've started calling her and all that like i care less and less yeah i think part of it is just there's too many spooky join us heel uh teams in aew right now yeah uh which speaks to a larger problem and if there's some you know grand design that all these people are uh i i read it was i think it was headlocked comics uh who put out this ridiculous theory that um, all these spooky join us uh, stables are uh, Dustin's doing. Oh, and, you okay. know they have this idea that that's you know going to be the big thing uh, going for. I, I don't really put much credence in that, but it was an yeah. interesting you know Twitter theory or whatever. And at least but, it's you know, better you... than the the theory that we keep hearing about, like oh it's Marty Squirrel. It's got to be Marty Squirrel. Like 
you know, at least right. it's different. Yeah, it was, and it, I mean, it probably will be Marty Scroll. So, and, but, and I'm not opposed that if it is. No, but. me either. Um, but yeah, I feel like there needs to be that that happening, where it's all just under one umbrella, not just a bunch of different groups doing the same thing. Um, you yeah. know, you have the Inner Circle, you have the Nightmare Collective, you have the Dark Order. Um, you know, the Bunny and the uh, the the Butcher and the Blade were yeah. brought in by MJF and Wardlow. So this is all, you know, just. Just fucking do something with it. Yeah. It's none of them are really, aside from the inner circle, none of them are really lighting the world on fire in yeah. terms of gimmickry. Uh, we'll get into the dark order in a minute. Yes. Yeah. But it, it, it's just a, a big fat goose egg for me, uh, spe- specifically with, uh, you know, the nightmare collective. I don't, yeah. I don't care. No matter how good Brandy looks. Uh, in in her voodoo priestess outfit, Man. no matter how decent a promo she may cut, just I don't give a shit. I really don't. Yeah. And and for me, it's actively harming what I think is one of the positive things right now about AEW is how they've recalibrated the women's division. And now you have people like Hikaru Shida, Big Swole, and Chris Statlander at the top of it. it it's infinitely raised my interest, and it's infinitely raised the match quality. Yeah. Now that it now it has this, you know, 10 pound weight around its neck that is bringing it down, in my opinion. And and yeah, I'm not, I'm not super into it because I should be excited about Satlander and Riho on one one. But I'm wondering what shenaniganry is going to happen to make me less interested in it. Right. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's gotten to that point. Uh, also, uh, bring uh, Danny J back. We can use a little more uh, <laughs> Danny J up in this piece. Yes, yes. I think uh, it's a good idea there. Yeah. Uh, Sean Spears <laughs> and Tully Blanchard cut a promo. Great. Where basically, I don't know if this was the point of the promo, but I started to question why Tully Blanchard, Blanchard is with Sean Spears at all. <laughs> like... Tully Blanchard should find himself a tag team as opposed to trying to, you know, make fetch happen uh, with Sean Spears. Just let Tully needs to just make that work with some yeah. other duo entirely. Um, we had a tag team title match. The big main event of the week, SCU defending against the Young Bucks. The shock of shocks to me was SCU one and SCU one clean. Yeah, I man, I just <laughs> I'm not into scu i i you know the the the, the guys are both uh or all, me, all three of them are talented yep. uh and have and have their merits but like when you have a tag division that consists of the young bucks and the lucha bros and santana and ortiz and, and uh private party yeah. to have scu as your your standard bearers is just uh boggling my mind and, and like we've talked about before i, I get it gold watch give that to scu for the jump if this is heading in the direction that I think it is, which is the Young Bucks are trying to build teams, and I feel like they, for better or for worse, owe their notoriety in the U.S. to the matches they had with the Super Smash Brothers, a.k.a. now the Dark Order. I feel like that's the direction this is heading in. Bucks and Dark Order having a big blood feud. Wouldn't that blood feud be infinitely better with tag titles on the line? Like wouldn't that uh, wouldn't that raise the stakes a bit? I'm of two minds because a lot of times, you know, we find ourselves saying this is such a great grudge match; it doesn't need a title yeah. involved. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, and other times, you know, it's like you just said. So until that story really kicks into high gear, I can't really say whether or not it's uh, better or worse. Yeah, it's it's just I'm sitting here and I, and, and I'm just thinking, 
I, I know that there's got to be this internal philosophy from Cody, the Bucks, and Omega of we have to not make this look like, you know, uh, uh, an ego we're trip. It. Yeah, that, that <laughs> we're booking it, that, 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 that this is, you know, putting us over everyone else. And the main event angle uh, continued this line of thinking. So, you know, we need to eat shit. We need to not look like the top guys. Sorry, guys. You're the top guys. Like, at yeah. some point, like, don't make yourselves the first champions. Fair. But you all have to be champions at some point. You are all of a note, all of a notoriety that if you continue to lose like this, if you continue to be beaten down in angles like this, no one will give a shit. Yeah. I mean, the, the point that for pretty much every Dynamite, Cody's gotten the biggest, if not the second biggest pops. Yeah, he probably the only person getting bigger pops than Cody right now is Chris Jericho, and you know that's certainly fair. Moxley's um, got to be up there too. Mox is probably up there, but the you know Cody Gump comes out and people lose their fucking minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is a straight up god pop for him. It it really is, and you know to to your point, you know at, at some point. I want to see best bout machine Kenny Omega right. go out there and do a 40 minute clinic, you yeah. know, on a, yeah. on a, on a pay-per-view. Obviously, you know, they, they it's, just, it's just, they haven't, I feel like they're using their talents to put over their, their new talents, their, their personal talents. I mean, um, to the point where it's almost sacrificing a little bit of what made us fall in love with these people, uh, right, as performers right. and what brought us to be fans of AEW in the first place. Yeah. And, and so, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say this would be any better in any other company. I'm not going to sit here no. and say that if they went to WWE, they'd be better. If they stayed in Ring of Honor, they'd be better. If they stayed in New Japan, they'd be better. Well, Anything like I th- that. I think it's pretty safe to say they wouldn't be better in Ring of Honor right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the houses would be a lot larger, a lot larger well, yeah. for Ring of Honor right now. Um, but it, it, it's like I, I think they are being too humble in how they are booking themselves. Yeah. I, I think they need someone to pull them aside and say, hey, you're the top guys. Yeah. Like I you know, it it's almost as if for all the years of hearing about like oh Hogan, Hall, Nash, all these guys fucked everyone in WCW. Like they heard that and they went, well, "We're not going to do that." But they're now doing it to a detriment. And right, it's the the exact polar opposite where really it should be somewhere in the middle. So, you had this main event angle. SCU goes over, lights go out. Here come dozens of creepers including the fucking beaver boys of uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Right. And you had the Dark Order come out and they beat the crap out of SCU in the box. And Mm -hmm. then here comes uh, Cody and Dustin and they get the crap beat out of them. And then here comes Omega and Hangman Page and they get the crap beat out of them. And your last angle is the Dark Order, a team who has gotten more over since they started doing the promos and everything for them, but they're now like the top big heel main event threat. And they haven't really up until this point shown anything to me. And I like these guys that, that would indicate that they deserve that level of being featured. I mean, if you want to have them beat up SCU in the box, fine. If you want to beat up SCU in the Bucks, and I don't know, the best friends 
or or Brandon Cutler right. or who may or may not have been one of the people in the masks. There was a lot right. of discussion about like, oh, the, you know, that guy looks like Janela, not because that's where the storyline's going, but because they were warm bodies they could put a mask on. Right. Yeah. Uh, or you want to have them beat up uh, Jimmy Havoc? Or like, I I don't care. But oh, I forgot Jimmy Havoc was a thing. Yeah. Like, if you want to have that happen, cool. But if you want to have them beat up all of the top guys in the company, one, I thought the feud was the elite versus the the inner circle. Right. Two, this has not gained the level of relevance or importance. This angle is still so nascent, so so new, so wet behind the ears that I, I can't help but feel like they've skipped a bunch of steps in the middle. Right. And, and, and I, and that's where I'm going. You guys are being kind of a fault. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously time will tell with what they have in store and what they have in mind for this whole angle. But yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with anything you just said. It's, it's to the point where it's making me, I don't want to say it's making me care about them less, but it's just like, why these guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it just it, it feels unearned. Yeah. And and I say this, liking the matches that they've had since TV started, really loving the vignettes, really loving the join the Dark Order thing. You know, there, there's all these elements that I like. However, dot, dot, dot. It's a lot to give them at once. And, and, it, yeah. and it made it feel like vanity booking but in the opposite direction as if they're going but look at how you know how sacrificial we are look at how, how little selfless we are yeah yeah, yeah. like it, it it almost called it to itself in that regard the opposite of triple h burying a guy and it being really obvious this is like look at me i'm putting over these talents like i, I don't know it, it was weird um and i don't know that that you know considering how caustic the feedback has been when you have dave Meltzer. A guy who has been claimed to be in, you know, the pocket of AEW. I don't think he sure. is. I think he, no, like, like uh, hey, I'm just going to say this. Like, your buddies Marty and Chris here just want another viable wrestling product. Some more people watch wrestling. Therefore, yeah. more people would want to care about, like, wrestling podcasts. Or, in his case, newsletters and websites. Anyway, sure. uh, when he's sitting there going, this is bad. I would think, knowing those guys especially, they would go, okay, we need to mend this. We need to, to switch things up on the fly. Because right. these are guys who are literally collectively 13 weeks into booking. They've, they've never done it before. But, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a bold move that did not pay off for me. And especially when you are up against the competition of a takeover level NXT show. Yeah. yeah, they lost the ratings. Yeah, especially. Well, I was just going to say that, especially when that was the last segment on your show, where the last segment that you probably figured out was happening on NXT was Rhea Ripley winning the title from Shayna Baszler, yeah. who's held it for a year and a half. Yeah. You know, yeah, it definitely fell flat. Um, and it would have fallen it... flat against any other thing on NXT, too, but it fell double flat because of how good the finale of NXT was. Do you think it would have been made any better if the Bucks were champions and then they got jumped by the Dark Order? I mean, at least at least I'd, I'd be a little bit happier. That they <laughs> Personally, uh, I'm not sure how everybody else would feel about it, but... 
you know, I, I don't know. It's kind of a it's it's a it's a whole meh sort of feeling from AEW in regards to that, which I really I hate admitting, but it just that's just kind of how it strikes me right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a show that uh, up until that point of the night I was really digging, and then yeah, because I I liked you know the SCU Young Bucks match itself. Just that finish made me go eh, kind of like when we were live for Full Gear and they retained in that three way. It was like yeah. And then that finishes made me go, well, that's that's not that's not gonna work for me, dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a no for me. Yeah. Not feeling it for me for you, you know, not not into it. But hey, one one, brand new year, brand new start. That's when they'll be back in Jacksonville at that weird ass venue that they had Fight for the Fallen at. So I like that place. Yeah, I it's a it's a really unique venue. So I'm looking forward to a new year with AEW. Hopefully they'll course correct. And hey, if nothing else, we'll always have New Japan, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to Tokyo Dome, baby. <laughs> All right, folks. Until next time, have a great holiday, whatever one you're celebrating. And uh, we will talk to you next time with our best of the year. Holy fucking shit. It's, it's almost Smoke over, Smoke weed Chris. every day. <laughs> <laughs> the Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Do you have an upcoming no DQ, barbed wire steel cage, first blood, loser leaves town, tampon on the pole, boiler room brawl, ambulance, buried alive, casket gauntlet, a stretcher match coming up? Then you need to visit the Foreign Object Warehouse for all of your foreign object needs. Need a sack full of thumbtacks? We got it. A baseball bat wrapped in bacon and barbed wire? We got it. A 2 by 4 with a nail in it? We got it. A kendo stick? We got it. A guitar to support your rock or country star gimmick? We got it. A bedpan for those visits to the local medical facility? We got it. Gardening shears a la Brutus Beefcake? We got it. An Irish shillelagh for St. Patrick's Day? We got it. A bullwhip, urn, scepter, cane, megaphone, nightstick, sledgehammer, or brass knuckles? We get it. That's right. Foreign Object Warehouse is your one-stop shop for any and all foreign objects you might need before heading up to the big upcoming show. Conveniently located at 303150 Generic Boulevard in Parts Unknown, Foreign Object Warehouse is here to arm you to ensure a dirty victory. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse. Where the only thing foreign to us is high prices. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse. Where cheaply manufactured tables, ladders, and chairs are born. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse will not be held responsible if you lose via disqualification, get buried alive, run over by a gold Lincoln, or go blind from a face full of baby powder.